I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. I always love this opportunity to introduce Governor Gary Herbert. Let me speak to the governor. Before we get uh, opening comments from Governor Herbert, uh, let me remind you of our phone numbers. The area code, of course, is 801, and it's 575-8255. Easy to remember, and uh, give us a phone call, and you'll have the opportunity to talk with Governor Gary Herbert. Governor, welcome. Thank you for taking time to join us. Well, thank you, Doug. It's great to be back. I haven't seen you for quite a long time. Well, it's it's so. good to have you back, and it's good to be here with you, and maybe we could just have uh, kind of an opening. Uh, yeah, well, let me just say, again, it's good to be back. I, we finished, you know, we, we take kind of a break, December and January, the holiday season, and uh, so it's good to be back. We left very uh, 2017 very strong. Economically, uh, we are the the best in America. We don't have all the numbers in, but for the listeners out there, 2015 and and the year uh, 2016, we finished the number one economy in America, meaning that we created more private sector jobs per capita than any state in America. I mean, that's the number one best performing economy, and we're diversified. We're about the third most diverse economy, so very healthy position. We don't have all the numbers in for the end of 2017, but I'm here to predict to you that we're going to be one or two. Uh, we, we've continued to have a good, excellent growth, and so that's a great place to finish and also to start 2018. And as you know, our legislature's in session. Uh, we're about two-thirds of the way through, and uh, it, it's quite a phenomenon. I know you follow it closely and others out there, but when you think about 104 legislators, uh, Republicans, Democrats, getting together, having to balance a budget, $16.7 billion, which is how you prioritize the needs of the state. They do so without taking on unnecessary debt. Uh, we don't have any structural imbalances in, the, in it, meaning we don't uh, spend one-time money on ongoing needs. We're one of only three, uh, excuse me, one of only nine states in America they have a AAA bond rating from the rating agencies on Wall Street, which is, again, pretty phenomenally good. Uh, it might be of interest to the listeners to know that most all the issues that we have, and they've introduced over nearly 1,400 bills have been opened up. Well, they'll pass probably five or 600. But when they pass those bills, probably 80, 85% will be unanimous. Some of them are just small things, technical corrections. But as they vet things, they come together. They use a little common sense, which is 
uh, probably the great thing about Utah is we are practical yeah, people. Right. We are common sense people, and we come together and find solutions to problems. And so, uh, again, a remarkable event is taking place that uh, we have uh, about 15 more days to do and will be completed for the year 2018. But I'm here to promise you that it'll be a great event and Utah will be in a good place and we're ready to take on 2018 and, and uh, be successful once again. It was yesterday on my regular program that uh, sitting in the seat where you are right now, Governor, we had former Governor Mitt Romney, now candidate for the U.S. Senate uh, for the state of Utah, wanting to be the senator from the state of Utah, the seat currently held by Orrin Hatch. What is your reaction now that it's absolutely <laughs> official? Well, I'm glad to see uh, Governor Romney throw his hat in the ring. I'm a big fan. I'm a supporter. I think he brings to the table significant cachet on a national stage, which can only help us here in Utah. Uh, again, he'll have more entree than the typical freshman senator. Uh, again, he's a United States senator from Utah, so the national issues, which are varied and great, he knows. He's been out there campaigning, running for president uh, twice, so he understands the issues. He knows a lot of the senators he's worked for in their own campaigns, and so he comes with a lot of friends, and, and I think he's going to be a great representative from the state of Utah. Now, that being said, he's got to go out and earn the vote. He's already said, I'm going to travel the state. I'm going to make sure people know I don't take it for granted, uh, that I do understand the issues. I'm going to take the same principles and values that we represent here in Utah back to Washington. I like the statement he said that Washington has a lot to learn from the state of Utah. And boy, do I believe that. Uh, If they governed in Washington like we do here in Utah, this country would be in a much better place than we are here today. So I think he's going to do a great, and I think he's going to go out there and try to earn each and every vote from the people of Utah to get the support, and and then we'll see what happens. That's why we have campaigns. What do you anticipate the relationship to be, and to what benefit or detriment do you see the relationship between what might be anticipated with assuming that Mitt Romney would be elected for a moment. Let's make that assumption, the relationship with the president. Well, I the president's office has already reached out to me, and I know they've reached out multiple times to Governor Romney. And I think what they're trying to say is, as the message given to me was, look, let's let bygones be bygones. This is not about past history. This is about the future. There are significant challenging issues out there that with a Trump and a Romney working together, we can solve, I think, many problems and move the country into a good direction. So I think there's a willingness uh, to on both sides, not only President Trump, but uh, Governor Romney, to see where can we work together on many of these difficult issues. And I think that's a that could be a very powerful dynamic in actually getting things done. So I'm actually very hopeful I think the agenda that President Trump has put out there is one that Governor Romney can embrace. Uh, He's got good people around him. It's sometimes the rhetoric that kind of gets in the way, you know, that causes people to be a little bit off-putted because of his demeanor and how he says things. Uh, Maybe that's a lack of experience, just a lack of understanding. Uh, But I think the basic a message of limited government, empowering the private sector, seeing if we can, in fact, take care of some of these challenging issues once and for all have been kicked down the road, you know, for way too long a time, whether it's immigration or whether it's health care. 
I think that's where Governor Romney and President Trump can actually come together and make a significant difference to the country's future. You're listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor, an opportunity to talk with Governor Gary Herbert here on the radio today. The phone line is 575-8255, area code 801. That's 575-8255. And, Governor, let's go to Al, who is joining us from Provo, Utah. Al, what's your question for Governor Herbert? Well, good afternoon, Governor. Anyhow, basically, I have a totally serious question pertaining to transfer of powers. And anyhow, first of all, I'm glad you recovered from your recent bout with kidney stones. Uh-huh. That leads into this transfer of power deal. I was just wondering, could you explain? It doesn't necessarily have to be a medical illness. It could be going out of the country or whatever. Can you explain how a person hands off power to the lieutenant governor? And like in a medical situation, do you actually uh, make a decision unilaterally yourself? Hey, I'm okay. I can sign the papers, get the pay, uh, power back from the lieutenant governor. Or do you consult with a physician to say, I'm okay, basically? Yeah. Can you yeah. uh, overlap? Uh, it's a good that. question, Al. Uh, people don't understand. There's been a lot of people ask me the questions about what happened and why. And we kind of had some fun with it, uh, as you know. Uh, we transferred power. There's actually a document that I signed. And you kind of have to anticipate. It's not just a matter of being out of the state. It's a matter of being not able to function. And so because I had surgery and I was going to be under anesthetic and really not able to function for a couple of hours that I was out, uh, for that two-hour period of time, we actually transferred the authority of governing uh, as the governor to the lieutenant governor for that uh, short period of time. And, you know, I joke with him. I said, well, I'm there fighting for my life in surgery. You're out naming it Abby Cox Day, you know, <laughs> and uh, and trying to get Wyoming to give us back that corner that they stole away from us, you know, way back when. And I liked when he was measuring the drapes. Measuring the that, drapes. That was a yeah, great uh, picture, by yeah, the way. In case you don't recover, this will be more of a permanent <laughs> situation. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I was afraid he was going to move the, the capital from Salt Lake City down to Fairview in Sanpete County. Right. But we had some fun with it, and he has a great sense of humor. But the, the bottom line is, under our statutes and the Constitution, if I'm not able to function, then the next in command, which is the lieutenant governor, has to step up. And we make that a matter of record. Uh, we actually, when we were sworn into office, there's a, a, a record that's made in case I happen to be killed, you know, or resign or something, there's already a record that says that the lieutenant governor will step into that position and take on the authority and responsibility of being the governor so that we don't have to worry about ever who's in charge. So that's just prudence and that's just smart. And uh, it was kind of fun for the lieutenant governor to be the governor for a couple of hours. Uh, The good news for me is I recovered from the surgery and I'm on the mend. Uh, We've had a little bit of post surgery infection that we've been monitoring and taking care of but uh uh we're we're on the mend and I'm uh on my way to Washington DC in fact to meet with the president and the vice president and other governors here over this weekend so uh, I'm I'm back on the job and uh, really have never left but I'm feeling more of 100% uh, fit now. Oh, that's good. Governor, while we're on that topic of transferring power under whatever circumstances, it needed to be clarified at the legislative level when Olin Walker became the governor of the state of Utah when Mike Levitt went to the EPA under the uh, the request of President George W. Bush. And we've never dealt with this before, but Jason Chaffetz stepping down from office, and there was a little brouhaha, a little controversy uh, mm-hmm. on that, that transference. And are you satisfied that the Utah State Legislature is is dealing with this appropriately and will have a clear guideline in place? 
I think they are dealing with it, and they should deal with it. Uh, again, they've had 125 years to deal with the issue. Uh, it's just not a very common occurrence. We've had it one time in our history where somebody's actually uh, resigned uh, from office, and that was Jason Chaffetz. We did have one other time where somebody died in office, and they waited for the next cycle nearly a year in, in time before they had another election. So that office was vacant for about 12 months. Uh, the legislature does have the responsibility of determining how elections, time, place, and manner are, occur. But they have a, a certain period of time to do that. That's during the legislative session when they're in session. Uh, we tried to talk about having a special session to this to deal with this unique circumstance, but we just could not agree on what it is that the special session would come up with. We'd had some debate earlier in the in the general session, which they could not come to an agreement between the House and the Senate. And so it did not make any sense to me to put them into a place where uh, we didn't have consensus on what should be done. In fact, the argument was let's just have an election with the, with the uh, convention and a 50 percent plus one. So whoever won by one vote would be the nominee. And I didn't think that was good policy. It's never been used by the Republican Party in the past, and so I didn't agree to that. And I thought, you know, what we had on the books in the law was, in fact, the best way to emulate a special election. Maybe have to be done in a more constricted time frame, which is what happened. But the same law we have on the books for a regular election ought to be as close as we can mirror that in a special election. And that lets Republicans have final say on who they want to be their representative back in Congress. And it worked out actually very well, I think. So um, I'm confident that we'll have the same kind of uh, action if we happen to have it in the next 125 years that reflects the elections that we have currently on the statutes. And it should be that way. I was looking at our callers. We've got some great questions coming up. We'll ask everybody to be just a little patient. We'll come right back. We'll take your phone calls. We'll share some of the text messages that are coming in on Let Me Speak to the Governor. Thanks for joining us today. Again, the number to call, area code 801-575-8255. 